What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 83 of More Wrestling's podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Morrison. Joined today is Division One NCAA 125-pound All-American from Lock Haven, Anthony Noto. So, Anthony, it's Monday afternoon, just two days after placing fourth at the NCAAs in Tulsa. You know, has that sunk in yet? Uh, yeah, it's sunken in. I mean, not the outcome I wanted. I mean, fourth place is very good at the national tournament, but the way I think of it is you're not first, you're last. Um, my, my training is going to be next level these next couple, six, seven months till the, the next tournament again. So yeah, it's like, I mean, I got back and everybody's congratulating me, which kind of made me feel good, uh, from last year going one and two at the national tournament to placing fourth, I think was a big achievement for me. And, um, I'm looking forward to next year. Yeah, like, so you mentioned this is the second time competing at NCAAs. Uh, last year, you went one and two. What, what did you take away from both competing last year at the tournament and then, like, just experiencing the tournament itself, uh, you know, the preparation leading into the tournament, being at the arena? Um, you know, you obviously shine shine pretty well when the brights are on. Yeah, um, for my first year going one and two, I mean, I had nothing to lose. I was actually redshirting. I got my redshirt uh, pulled before our match tournament. Um Biggest thing from this year to last year is if you what I found out was like if you believe you could accomplish anything like if you put in your head that you're the best and you're gonna go out there and compete with the top guys in the country you could do that from last that's from last year to this year so I did I said time to make a statement um, and also Lockheed is a small school it's not like a top ten school like Penn State or all those schools. So I think I showed that you don't have to go to a, a big top 10 school to be on the podium at Nationals. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, you found a home in Lock Haven. You know, you won the MAC conference last year. We mentioned you went to NCAAs. You won the MAC again this year. You placed fourth at NCAAs. You know, what has Coach Scott Moore, Coach Ronnie Perry, you know, Matt Town USA, what do they have meant to you so far in your career there? Um, they mean a lot. Like, they're like my second family to me. Um They've always have my back. They're always critiquing the little things, trying to make me the best that the best that I could be. Um, yeah, they just mean the world to me. Like uh, I would do anything for them. Like I just can't thank them enough for what they have done from supporting me, always have my back, doing extra workouts with me. Um, it means a lot to me. So Lock Haven, like you said, it's a small place. Uh, you know, both the town and the college are, are small. Uh, I've been there. I think I went to the EWLs there, I think 2016. Um, you know, maybe outside of the Thomas Fieldhouse, what's your favorite place in town? Oh, favorite place in town? Um, there's a little place called the Ice Shack. Um, it's like an ice cream place. It's like Amish ice cream. Uh, I think it's the best ice I've ever had. I go there. Uh, when I also make weight, but yeah, it's probably my favorite place in, in the Lock Haven town. I'll have to hit that up next time I'm in town. Um, but so obviously Lock Haven's small, but the high school you came from is also small. Hanoi Falls, Lima, you know, you put them on the map when you competed there, uh, you were four time state champ, but you know, they're staying putting out, uh, you know, state place finishers, including, uh, Jazz and Andrew Spaulding, Jacob McVig, and of course your brothers, Chris and Nicholas, um, yep. You know, what, is it, what does it mean to be a role model for those guys and, you know, watching them have the success they're having? 
Um, it means a lot. It means a lot to me. Uh, I remember my freshman year, I was too small to compete in eighth grade. I was only at 88 pounds. Or my freshman year, I had one goal of mine to be a state champ. And I remember I walked in my superintendent's office saying that I'm going to win state this year. And he kind of looked at me like, yeah, a lot of people say that. But um, I ended up winning states that year. But it, it means a lot to me because I know they all look up to me. Like when I was on the team my freshman year, there's only three guys. There's me, Nicholas, and this one of those seniors, Seth. And uh, they, I didn't know if the wrestling team was going to be around. And I kind of made like a deal that like if I won states, the team, we're going to keep the team. And ever since I won states as a freshman, uh, the team grew. Like, it just kept growing every year. My, my sophomore year, junior year, senior year just kept expanding. And uh, yeah, history went from there, I guess. I mean, they all look up to me. I usually go home. Like I'm gonna go home this weekend and see them, my brothers and some of the wrestlers from my hometown. So yeah, it means a lot. So I kind of want to talk about the transition into college. Uh, you know, just being a four-time state champion, and you know, you entered the college season, uh, 2020, 2021 season. It was an abbreviated one. There wasn't really a much actual open tournaments or type of events to be productive for redshirt guys. You know, but like. You know, looking at WrestleStat, you went two and four during your first year. What would you say the hardest part is about transitioning into college, especially Division One level? Uh, being away from your family. Um, that's probably the hardest. I mean, because in high school you're you could you live at your house, but in college you're away from your family. And you got to kind of adjust to that. You got to kind of surround yourself with people that want to achieve themselves, and that was probably like the hardest part. Because I used to go to NC State before a lot came in and uh that was like 12 hours away from my house and kind of was getting a little homesick um wasn't really the best fit for me um and I'm glad I found a Haven that because they're small it's like family everybody's got your back here and it makes you feel like I'm home yeah you're like two and a half hours from home that's not very far uh you know yeah. I know your parents are very supportive your grandparents I see I see all of them at every tournament that I see uh you know HFL at so yeah, it's great that they uh, you have supportive family members. Watching the matches, though, both against Suriano last year, then Spencer Lee this year, you know, and of course wrestling the other guys in the tournament, but you seem to be as cool as can be. You know, you're ready to shine under the bright lights. Uh, you know, being a four-time New York stamp, State champ, though, do you get nervous between before any of your matches, or was there a time that you ever did? And, you know, how do you cope with competition anxiety before big matches? Um, yeah, uh, I mean, you're under the big stage lights. You're always going to get nervous. Um, my routine is when I start getting nervous, I usually put my headphones on and try to get in the zone. I usually tell myself I'm here for a reason. I'm not just here because I got lucky. Um, I try to psych myself up with the crowd, too. Like, when the crowd starts get, go, getting loud, like, I picture myself. That was me that just made them go, like, go crazy. And that's what I do. I just focus in, zone in. I try to block out, like, all the distractions before I get up, and I just try to – just me and my coaches, that's basically it before I go out there. So actually, when you say you would pump up the crowd, so last year we were I was in Detroit. Um the governor guys went. Um, so we were watching you and you know, obviously we were all pulling for you against Hildebrandt. And of course you you knocked them off and the crowd went pretty crazy. So that was exciting. But yeah, no, that that question I gotta ask because uh I was talking to Coach Lou, your high school coach, and uh you know, he told me to ask that question because you obviously have a good mindset when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Um but so take us through your NCAAs. You know, you went five and two. Of those four wins, you had takedowns come in the last 20 seconds or in overtime. Um, you know, what was going through your head 
and you know, some of those matches, obviously you didn't need the takedown late in the match, but a few of them you did. Um, what was going through your head though, when you were down four to three against Barnett, Barnett, uh, late in the match to get that go ahead takedown with just 11 seconds left. Uh, I, I took a peek at the clock and then my coach kept saying, you gotta go, you gotta go. And I know that when I, when I take my shot, usually 95% of the time I'm going to score my takedown. Um, but yeah, I was going to, uh, I mean, I knew that if I get to someone's legs, basically 90, 95% of the time I'm going to score, but, um, I took him down. I mean, it was just relief. Um, that's basically as relief. I mean, I was kind of pumped at the same time. I made the quarterfinals. Um, and last year I didn't, last year I answered the I didn't get to make the quarterfinals because I lost Sarion and I lost again after that, but yeah, yeah. it was exciting. I was happy. Yeah, so, I mean, talking about the next match, a quarterfinals match, you know, talking about Spencer Lee, I mean, yes, the score ended up being 14-4, to but the scoring from the second and the third period, it was 4-4, to right? Just that 10-point 10, 10 yeah. period in the first period for him. But, you you know, you gave him a taste of his own medicine. He got that four-point turn. Uh, the crowd went crazy. You know, kind of talked about that. Like, you towed the line right away ready to scrap with Spencer. And, again, that talks about your mindset. You know, did you ever get caught up with the madness, you know, in the first and second rounds of the tournament? I mean, you won both of your matches, but there was many top-seeded guys, uh, top-ten-seeded guys, for that matter, that you know, lost early. Yeah, um, going off the guys that lost early, top-ten guys, I mean, that tournament, there's only 33 guys in each weight class, and those are the top 33 guys in the country. And the way I look at it is, you could be seated 30th and knock off the number one seed. That's just a number. I mean, if you go in there with the right mindset saying that I'm going to win, you could win. I mean, seeds, the way I think about it, seeds don't mean anything. You could be seated 15th, 4th, 3rd, 2nd, whatever. If you just go out there and wrestle, you are gonna you could win. You could win anything. I mean, you could be up 14-0 and get thrown in your back and get pinned. I mean, anything's possible. Yeah. I mean, it's true for this weekend because, I mean, obviously not just 125, but – you know, everywhere uh, there was big seated guys that ended up losing. But, uh, you know, the blood round featured many New Yorkers, uh, you know, after the loss to Lee. How did you rebound from, you know, that match, knowing that you're drop into the blood round with uh, Peterson of Rutgers? Um, uh, I just went back and I said that I just wrestled the best guy in the country, the three-time national champ. I had nothing to lose. Um, I know I left it all out there. And I just had to refocus for my next match. I got back together with my coach in the back. They said, you got you got another match. Um, get your head on right. Let's get it going. And I did. I warmed up, and, and that was the match became All-American. I just went in there with a game plan. I knew he likes to fake a lot and stay on my head, and I knew I had to control his wrist to slow him down, and that's what I did, and it paid off. Yeah, so, I mean, you had the lead most of the match. Um, you know, he came with a, a last sprint uh, for a takedown attempt, and, you know, your face kind of said it all when he had the double underhooks sprawling in a – kind of a short offense position, but, you know, you, you kind of fell fell down to the mat, slapped the mat with both hands, got up, got a big hug from Coach Perry. You know, what went mm-hmm. through you, you know, in those last few seconds, and then, of course, getting that hug from Perry to uh, to be the latest Lockhaven All-American, uh, the first since 2019, I believe. Um, I mean, it meant a lot to me. I got emotional when, I, when that clock hit zero, and I was uh, an All-American, and I could see it meant a lot to my coaches, too, because we all got emotional. I mean – Perry and uh, Chance Marshall were the last All-Americans, I think it was 2018. And uh, it meant a lot because all the work I put in in the offseason just paid off for that moment right there. I mean, 
without them, none of this would have been possible. So all the credit goes to them. Yeah, so last year the MAC and as a whole in the conference had zero All-Americans. This year you guys ended with four. You know, what does it mean to be able to represent a small school and a conference? You know, joining the likes of like Chance Marsteller, Coach Ronnie Perry, Harry Colot, you know, being an All-American from a small school. Uh, it means a lot. I mean, that, that, that shows right there that you don't have to go to one of the like Penn State best program around. You don't have to go to the top 10 schools or Big 12. You could go to a small school as long as – you have the right coaches, and they tr- believe in you, and you believe in them, and you trust the process, and you listen to what they say. Um, anything's possible. Yeah, true. I mean, that was kind of my next question. Like, who? What would you say to a high schooler who is looking to compete at the Division One level? Because they obviously look at those big schools, and uh, you know, looking at NCAA's this year, uh, you know, a guy from Northern Colorado won a, a title. Like I just mentioned, four guys from the MAC won a or uh, won All American. I mean, it obviously doesn't matter the size of the school, but uh. You know, they've got great coaching um, at, you know, the small schools, which is evident. Um, but, you know, like I you kind of mentioned earlier, you know, your your goals are to be a national champ. You know, 2019, last year, the Haven had an All-American with Shoup and Marsteller. Uh, the last finalist was 2018 with Coach Ronnie Perry. And the last champ was in 1997 with Kerry Cola. You know, what do you mm-hmm. have to do in the next 360 days to, uh, you know, because like Vito's interview, he said the work's not done at the, the national tournament. The work's done, you know, th- days and months leading up to the tournament. What do you have to do to take that next step forward and, and reach the finals and, and win a national title? Just, you got to work. I mean, I'm going to take a couple of days off the mat and get right back in that room and go over. Um, the biggest thing is watching film, going over through this season um, and learning what I've done to get me there, but also watch my matches to le- learn stuff that I need to fix. That's what makes you a national champion. If you're just going to, think you're going to go in the room and you're not going to work out, get extra workouts and then you're not going to be at the top of the podium at next year. That's what I think you have to do. Put the time in the work. I mean, it's going to take blood, sweat and tears to get to the top, but you just gotta, we gotta get extra workouts and you can't just do one workout a day. Like everybody else, you gotta do two, three. That's, that's what separates you. That means uh running the amphitheater steps at the, uh down in Lock Haven. That's one of them. Yep, that's one of them. Going to the weight room and getting extra, extra individual drills in, as well. Yeah. Uh, so you know, what's next for you? You last year you went to the U twenty three nationals in June. You won that. Um, you know, what's next on your schedule as far as that freestyle goes? Um, I'm definitely going to compete in freestyle. I don't. I haven't talked to my coaches yet. I mean, the plan is probably going to go to U twenty threes again, or, or yeah, U twenty threes again this summer, um, or in May it is. That's probably the plan ahead, or I I could focus and train freestyle till next season. Um, it's still in the air, but I am gonna wrestle some freestyle tournaments coming up soon. So nice. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah. Coach Lou wanted me to to uh, talk about the you know you were on the New York State national team as well. You went out to Fargo, right? What do those memories kind of, you know, help you? Those experiences kind of help you as uh, where you're at in the college, yeah, you know, your college career as far as uh, what you did during the summers to compete out there and then obviously the now you're a National All-American. Uh, the training. Um, yeah. Being, getting close to my coaches, like second family, basically. Um, yeah, tra- basically all the training, like it just brings back all the memories I did where I am, where I got from there 
like when I first started wrestling to get to there to be an All American at Fargo, and then the work I've put in since then to now to be an NCAA All American. So yeah, it's accumulation of things for sure. Um, you know, but one thing that I really like to see was the representation of Section Five, right? Yourself, you were a All American. Yanni won his fourth title. Burgos was out there. Uh, Wolf was out there from Warsaw. Um, you know, what does it mean to represent Section Five? And then, of course, also. The Division two states, you know, the small school guys, um, you know, we've had national champs like Dake and Quiz, but, uh, you know, more recently, the national champs have came from the Division one side, the large school side. But, you know, as a Division two wrestler that's on the national podium, um, you know, what, what do you have to say for for guys that are you know coming from small schools like Hanoi Falls, Lima or any other small school, Warsaw, for that matter? Mm-hmm. Um, anything's possible. Same thing. Uh D two is a smaller school than D one, and same thing like I am at Lockheed, and Lockheed is smaller than way smaller than Penn State. Um, you work, you gotta put the work in. I mean, say the way I think about it is D one, D two is the same exact thing. You're just in a different conference, smaller school. Um, you believe in your coaches, and you trust the process, and you work out extra. It's gonna show. Um. Yeah, it's basically what I can say. I mean, you just put the work in, you're just gonna excuse the show. I mean, now also your mind is you're the biggest. If you have like if you go out there before you wrestle and say, Oh, this guy's like pretty good, I might not win, then you ninety nine percent of the time you're not gonna win. Um, but if you believe and you trust the process and you trust your coaches, you're gonna win. So That's awesome. Yeah, I mean that's that was my last uh, real question too. Like, you know, advice for younger wrestlers, because a lot of people need to hear that. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, again, like you, you came from Lockhaven, you're with eight seeds. Some people were saying the seeds were kind of weird and you said seeds don't matter, which they don't. I mean, you wrestled yeah, guys, they're... several guys that you beat Cronin, uh, Barnett, like a few of those guys were seated ahead or ranked ahead of you all season on uh, you know, flow or wherever the, the rankings were coming from, but it doesn't matter because, you know, you have that right mindset and you took them out and uh, now you're, National American with your eyes set on bigger things, um, you know, but as an Italian um, and the tournament was over with, what was your uh, first meal after being on that podium? Oh, I'm not going to lie. My actually uh, my first meal was actually a slice of pizza. And then my my real meal was I had a cheeseburger and fries. That was at 11 p.m. when we got back to the hotel. Yeah, I'm sure that felt uh, much deserved um, too. But you know, yeah. so last thing, Anthony, uh, you got any shoutouts for us? Anything you want to add? Shoutouts? Um, yeah. I mean, I just want to say out to all the younger wrestlers out there that just don't give up. I mean, if you guys, because when I started wrestling, I started in seventh, sixth grade. Um, I got beat up a lot. Uh, I did not win every match. I think I was like. 0-10 my first couple tournaments. I didn't win a single match. Um, and now I'm a national All-American. And I just want to say that don't give up um, because I did not like the sport at first for the first year because I did not have a good record. But then um, my I really started getting good my seventh grade year because my old coach, Mike McAnally, he, we started doing individuals. And big shout-out to him because – he got it all started for me. Um, actually, we I had texted him the other day. He always told me, you had it in you all, all along. You just had to get it out of you. Um, 
But yeah, that's the biggest thing for everybody that's just trying to wrestle out there. Just believe, don't give up. Um, you're not good at, you're not going to be unbelievable right off the bat unless you're a freak athlete. Just put the work in, trust the time. Um, let your body heal also. If you're getting sore and you're tired, just take off a couple of days, get back to it. Just just trust trust and believe and anything's possible. That's all I got to say, the younger people. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that pretty much covers it. Um, Anthony, you know, I appreciate you for jumping on. I'm sure we'll be in contact soon. But, uh, you know, until then, continue to uh, be on the rise and in the hunt for a national title next year. Yep, thank you. That's the goal. I appreciate it. All right, peace out. Thanks for tuning yep, in. See ya.